0: Welcome, Black Equity listeners. Let's do a quick news update. I know a lot of people are probably wondering what our thoughts are on the uh, Nick Cannon situation. Uh, So before we get into this great conversation that we have with our guests, uh, we want to just touch on it real quick. So uh, if you haven't been checking out some of our uh, sneak preview for "Hide Something from a Negro, which is a new uh, podcast that we are releasing through Black Equity Network. We've actually been talking about this topic even before Nick Cannon said his comments. Uh, So where we stand at is listen to hide something from a Negro, because I think actually the answers are all within the last few episodes uh, that we have. So if you want the full answers, uh, head over to the sneak preview. And then if you like what you hear, Uh, go ahead and become a subscriber. We only allow 100 subscribers uh, for High Something from a Negro. So it's very exclusive. Uh, If you want to be a part of that exclusive club, you want to head over there right now and uh, access that. Uh, But as far as just a a quick understanding of our thoughts on the Nick Cannon situation, um, we stand with the truth here at Black Equity Network. And we believe that there is hidden information uh from uh for, from the black americans that uh many people do not want us to know and as soon as we start speaking up about certain things even if we go a little overboard in how we describe them it's still rooted in some truth and that's what gets people afraid that's what gets people scared so without further ado i want to jump into this conversation that we have here cuz we have a great guest Uh, Brittany Walker Craig is coming on to sit down and talk to us to explain how to operate our nonprofit. And this is going to be so key because this isn't just how you operate a nonprofit, but it's really just thinking in operations mindset of how to operate any type of organization. Uh, So sit back and enjoy this episode. And if you want to link up and connect with Brittany, hit us up over at black equity network at gmail.com. And let's make that introduction for you. Uh, Once again, I'm DJ Moultrie of black equity network. And as always, welcome to the black equity podcast. We are back for another great episode of Black Equity. I am excited about this conversation. I get to talk about how to run a nonprofit. Now, I've seen a lot of topics out there uh, where people are saying how to start a nonprofit. And that's great. I mean, you know, that's that's always wonderful to start a nonprofit. But I want to know, okay, well, after I start a nonprofit, what do I do next? Like, what is the, the, next, uh, the next step? And so on the line, we have Brittany Walker Craig on the line. She's going to step in and help us understand, you know, how do we run a nonprofit? But before we do that, we want to learn more about her. So Brittany, come on and let us know. Uh, are you there?
1: Hi, guys. How are you? Welcome y'all? to Black Equity. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No, definitely, definitely. So for those who do not know who you are, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the organizations that you represent.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Brittany Walker Craig. Um, Where do I start? (laughs) I'm a retired chef. Um, I I owned a restaurant for about a year and eight months. Um, I am a professor. I am a biology and nutrition professor at a um, community college system here in Houston called Houston um, Community College. Um, I do a lot of pre-med and nursing students and my class is nutrition and diet therapy. Um, That came into play because I'm a nutritionist as well. Um, Of course, having family from the South, I'm here in Houston, Texas, but my dad's from, families from New Orleans and Louisiana. And so what we do is eat a lot of bad things (laughs) we eat a lot Mm -hmm. of butter a lot of cream a lot of things that are adding chemicals and toxins to our bodies that are resulting in all these chronic illnesses such as heart disease and cancer and um stroke and diabetes and all of these things that tend to hinder um our communities of color and our minority communities so, how I got started in my nonprofit, which is Femin Flora. Femin Flora, we aim to improve body literacy and uterine health outcomes through service, education, and advocacy. So, we're focusing on uterine health in the big in the uh, community of women of color, because what you eat and what you put into your body, of course, has an effect after a while. Think about it. If you're getting sick it's because you're around pollen or you're eating something or it's something that you're putting in your body that your body is having a reaction to so we want to showcase that you could do um, healing to your body and through education through what you're putting in and on your body so I am an advocate for that coming back to being a chef you know um, my chef my um, restaurant was a Cajun based company so we're having all type, gumbos, etouffee, <laughs> anything you could think of that is the mm-hmm. good stuff that coats to your and your spirit, you know, you right, want that, right. it tastes, you know, your mama cooking that, it hits <laughs> your taste, but it's there, but I started gaining a lot of weight, and I was actually diagnosed with di- uh, type 2 diabetes, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't know, because I've always kind of had a slim frame, and it didn't make sense to me, I'm like, I always associated diabetes with Being overweight or being obese, but at the time when I was diagnosed, I was still very slim, so it didn't make sense. I'm like, okay, they say I have it. Everybody in my family gets it, so whatever, it's gonna come and go. It's the curse (laughs) that we, Mm. you know, stumbled upon. But then, of course, once I got into nutrition education, I started realizing, like, okay, B, you're a chef, like you should know, you shouldn't be eating things that are white, like flour, um, things that are bleached, like granulated sugar, because they have bleach chemical and toxins in them. So I started doing research and I used myself as a case study and I ended up going on a plant-based diet. And I don't know why, but um, my at the time it was my fiance and I decided to do it two weeks before we went to New Orleans. So we got to New Orleans and we're like, what were we thinking? No problem. Should have
0: did the week, <laughs> week after, right?
1: Yep. So we found some vegan restaurants and we're like, okay, I have me some vegan gumbo, some vegan beignets, even vegan cocktails. I'm like, okay, we can do this. Um, But then eight months in, I was able to lose over 80 pounds. Mm. I reversed my diabetes. Um, I was also diagnosed 10 years prior with bipolar 2 disorder. I haven't taken a pill since then. I haven't had any issues with depression or mood. Um, So when I started realizing all the good benefits, I'm like, okay, God, you put you you're steering me somewhere. Okay, ancestors, where are you taking me? So I feel like I started realizing what my destiny was, which was to heal and educate my community through the resources we have right here on earth. Nothing that we need to process and manufacture, you know, nothing that we need to get chemicals to create, anything that grows from the ground we can sustain from, we have everything that we need. So with Femin Flora, we wanted to showcase that through uterine health, helping women with menstrual cycles. Fibroids is very, very, very prominent in our community. Helping decrease fibroids, which is growth around your uterus. Um, Endometriosis, infertility, bad sex issues, libido, Lubrication, So we wanted to help women out with those things with doing natural remedies, which is things from the earth. So we have a garden plot right in the heart of third ward, which is Black Mecca here in Houston. So right. that's what our garden plot is, is right across the street from one of the HBCUs, Texas Southern University. So we grow our herbs and we're growing our ready to eat foods to give to our members. So that is something that we're really, really big on and just promoting and having health educational workshops. We're doing um, drives where we're getting all natural and organic products like tampons, pads, because think about it, ladies, the things that you're putting in and on you are still affecting you. Think about it. If you have a tampon that's made in a factory that has chemicals in it, what is that doing if you're inserting that inside of your body five days consecutively every month? Your body is going to start absorbing those chemicals. So what we wanted to do is help heal our women. So we what we could do, procreate, rebuild our community, uplift our community, even putting the right foods into your body, balancing your hormones, balancing your chemicals in your brain, aiding in mental health, which is prominent in our community as well. We want to rebuild and restore and keep our generations going, building up all these kings, kings and queens and gods and goddesses.
0: I love it. I love the mission that you're on. Uh, I'm seeing a parallel here because, you know, on one side you, you know, you're with the food and you're a chef and you're understanding how food works. And then you end up uh, with this nonprofit that is directly talking about impacting um, the, the bodies of, of, of women and, and really humans. Right. And so when did you realize that what you were doing on one level is what you would be doing on another. When did it all start, start connecting? Like, wow, everything on my journey has led me to be able to master this area.
1: Okay, so when I opened my restaurant, I thought that was my peak. I'm like, look, I hit my bucket list. I've cooked for NFL players, NBA players, millionaire, billionaires. I hit my peak. So I thought when I had my restaurant, I was good. And in August of 2007, Harvey devastated us. Hurricane Harvey here in Texas. I was actually in New Orleans, just went vegan two weeks before then and was stuck in New Orleans for an additional nine days. (laughs) Couldn't get to my restaurant, couldn't get to my house. When we get here, um, it was a lot going on because a lot of people didn't work for a while. When we got back to work, the a building that my restaurant was located in, they were getting a lot of donations for foods from vendors and people donating. And we lost a lot of profit in a two or three month period. And I ended up losing my restaurant. At that time, I didn't realize it. All I saw was I lost my baby. I worked my whole life to get this. And it was a Cajun restaurant, but I'm like, it wasn't even really fitting at that point because I already had started transitioning into being a vegan. So while I was unemployed, Sitting at home, meditating, trying to figure out what's going on in life, what's going to bring me back, and ended up going, I like to meditate by the beach. It's something about the water. I don't know if it's because I'm a water sign, (laughs) but I like to take my crystals, and I like to go to the beach, and I like to watch the sunset. I like to pray and meditate in the morning, and it just came to me like... One day, after I came out of meditation, it was just like, you need to be worried about how food is going to become medicine. Mm. It came just like that. And I'm like, okay, ancestors, how am I going to do that? You know, I just lost my restaurant. I hit rock bottom. How am I going to rebuild and do that? And I was given an opportunity to work for a holistic doctor. And from there, everything just started falling in place. And From the place, the holistic doctor office that I worked at, I met who was now my communications officer for my nonprofit. She was the manager of the wellness portion of the clinic, and I was the manager of the kitchen, or the pharmacy, because we produce food through medicine um, instead of having actual pharmaceuticals, which are killing our people as well, with them becoming addicted or feeling needed to having these things. And so we started working, and it had nothing to do with the nonprofit. Um, a month before I left that company we were getting ready to interview a wellness coordinator who happens to be my other co-founder of my se- of my nonprofit and her and I i read her resume I was supposed to interview her I ended up leaving the company never crossed paths with her two months go by and my now chief communications officer called me it was like hey you need to meet this person She has this great idea. I told her, you'll be perfect to connect with. And it happened to be the person I was supposed to interview. So her and I connect. And she started off with wanting to do a like a workshop for teenagers, to talk to them about how to handle their menstrual cycles. Having the conversation of, hey, how do you deal with this? Why is it this color? Why do I cramp this way? Why do I have mood swings? People don't wanna have that conversation. And nowadays people try to go to YouTube or Google or they're embarrassed to have those conversations with their parents. So we wanted to have a comfortable conversations for our sisters and our peers. But it grew to something bigger than that and it just kept growing and growing and then I kind of slowly was like girl let's do a nonprofit." and she was like no we would have to get directors and we would have to do this once we did our research we noticed that we only needed three people to start so we circled back in the person who brought us two together who is my um, communications officer and now us three have come together and we officially started the nonprofit. it was May of last year we went back and forth with the name and by the time that everything was filed with the state of Texas. It happened to fall on my two year vegan anniversary. Wow. That if this is not the ancestors, okay. And that was August 13th of last year. And now we started and we have a board and it's just flourished. Um, Our board plethora of amazing black, strong females. Um, We have three different types of nurses, um, midwife doula spa owner, somebody that owns a holistic company, which I'm wearing one of her shirts right now, representing. What's um, the last
0: word I say? I got a pocket full of?
1: pocket full of stones.
0: Dope, So dope.
1: represent UGK here okay. in Texas, okay? So, but yeah, crystals. Um, we have a sex therapist, a plant scientist, um, nutrition director. I mean, we have a plethora of people, business analysts that just come together and we're really trying to serve our community. Of course, we're starting in Houston, but we want to, of course, get to the nation. We want to go to all the melanated cities. And I know you and I have discussed melanated cities before. And incorporating going to different parts of the world and rebuilding our people and restoring them to what we're meant to do on this earth. And that's where we're at right now.
0: Okay. So you're dropping a lot of wisdom on me today. (laughs) I got to catch up with... Where, where this conversation is going to go. First of all, congratulations on being able to lose that weight and being able to get healthy and recognizing that uh, food is medicine. I do want to touch on food being medicine during this episode. Before we go to that topic, you mentioned uh, this board and this, this great group of people. I think the, the question that comes to my mind is, how did you know you needed a board and how did you know that you needed a board this diverse that that's kind of where to me a lot of people don't ask like hey how you know they, they talk about starting a, a nonprofit, but putting the right minds in in the right spots to be able to lead how did you know that and why do you need this board
1: okay so me knowing that we my role in the organization, I'm a co-founder and then I'm a chief operations um, officer. My third out of fourth degree <laughs> is in technical management and operations. So I'm an okay. operations girl all day long. And gotcha. I've always done it for for-profit, but never for nonprofit. And it kind of came easier with nonprofit because I'm like, okay guys, so we need people of the specialties. We need to see what's in uterine health. So then- my directors, we all came together and we started thinking, what's important we need health. health? OBGYNs, doctors, pelvic, yoga, meditation, who's doing herbs, sex. We just started thinking about all the different specialties or job titles that aligned with our organization. Once we had a general idea of that, then we went down to the next tier. Okay, so who knows who where we got in our Our little black books started thinking who, who knows who then we set up interviews for first round once we decided who we wanted and who we did not want those people we wanted happened to be blessings hey I know somebody that does this I know somebody that does that and it just happened to be the certain roles that we were missing so it was just a referral and a network which of course what you're trying to build and just having a secure network so that's how we were able to build our board successfully. Um, so out of who we knew naturally, we pulled 80% of our board and then the remaining 20% came for referrals of first round hires of our advisory board.
0: I love that. I love how that all flowed for you. Why is, and you kind of touched on it, and I'm glad I'm talking to someone who has an operations background because then we can really drive this car uh, together in this conversation. Why, why is a board so significant, especially in the nonprofit space?
1: Because you have so many entities that come in for the nonprofit. You want to have a main mission and purpose but all your programs that you're doing are gonna be different programs. What's the point of having one program and 15 different people that all 15 of those people are not going to be able to benefit or take the nonprofit to its fullest potential? How are we gonna reach out to all of these different sectors within this one issue that we're having? You have to have multiple people from different backgrounds. So for instance, if I'm having a health educational workshop, Yes, I'm going to more than likely use my nurses and my health educators. But then if we're focusing on mental health, that's my psychologist all day. But if we have to go work on our garden, then my plant scientist is holding that down with my volunteer coordinator. You just have to pick and choose who's going to work best to manage your, mul- your different entities, or your little programs that makes the overall conglomerate.
0: How did you know that they have these specific specialties
1: because when they applied we were very thorough i went to corporation mode when i did application so the application it was only 10 questions but very thorough and cover letters and um resumes were included some of them i was able to already do research on them through their websites through publications being a professor i have access to different programs and associations so i was able to type a name and bam medical board i'm able to look up every nurse every midwife see what they have going on see their accolades and every person that i had an instinct about is on this board and they're star players and they have such a genuine spirit to wanna help. And that was the other thing. You can have a specialty all day, but you can't have Mm -hmm. the God complex either. We're here to help, we're here to serve. So to find that unique specialty from a black person Mm -hmm. and then to have the want and need to help people and then don't care about giving your time and dedication to make those things happen, that 's gold for me that 's raw gold
0: <laughs> yes I mean that 's when you know you to me that 's when you know you 're in heaven on earth yes is when you 're surrounded by people who are all towards the same mission there 's not much bickering there 's not much drama because we 've all been uh, manifesting this moment together we 've all been wanting this our entire lives it's our dream
1: absolutely. the passion was real when we had our first board meeting in person the energy in the room, like that is, I still just, it makes goosebumps come on my arm. It was just such a powerful moment. It just was one of those, I know like one of the ancestors was like chilling in the corner, like, yes, I gave y'all those gifts, I right. gave y'all those resources. It's, it was such an amazing feeling. I love getting together with them, just being around them, just, and then just watching what they're doing, you know, from a personal standpoint, I make it a big effort to support Don't just get on the board and I'm using you for your name and your accolades. You have a business going, I'm spending money. I'm buying, I'm supporting. I don't want the hookup. I don't want the, the friend discount. I want to support. Like I'm a real client and customer. We have to uplift one another. I can't always come with my handout saying, Hey, what you're going to give me when you've already given me so much in my nonprofit, because of course you first start off with a nonprofit. You're not rolling in dough. (laughs) You're not instantly getting funding. Grants are hard. Believe it or not, people, grants are really hard to get attached to. You got to rely on your dues. You have to rely on your donations. You have to rely on other means and resources, selling merch, selling um, uh, merchandise. Like we just started a tee that we're rolling out this week, a uterine tee. There's things that you have to think about. So when you have these people, we're not paying them right off the bat. They're not coming in with a salary. So to find somebody that dedicated and that passionate when they have their own businesses. Then they have their main sources of income that they have to use for capital for their own businesses to worry about. Then they have personal lives and families. So to find somebody that's willing to donate their time and energy to a cause that you are unable to pay right off the bat, you have to support them. That's to me, you have to. It's only respect.
0: Each each board member brings their own entity. They bring their own uh their own pathway that brought them there. And Absolutely. it only is right to then invest in the people who are helping you build your garden. Uh so then you can help build there. So then when they need something, you can be there for them. And it becomes this uh relational equity. Mm-hmm. Where we have where the relationship with one another and caring about each other's uh missions uh supersedes any you know worldly money. It's really more about the connection and and where we're headed. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: Absolutely. I like to use the metaphor of a garden, an overflowing garden. We all have these different plots, but we're in this one space. And I can drop a seed in my garden plot, but then my tree may grow, and then my limb may lean over into your garden plot. And then my lemon and seeds might drop into yours, and then yours starts flourishing. And then we start intertwining and becoming together it's like and then before you know it it's like that beautiful wall that you have all these flowers and vines and things growing from that makes this beautiful art it's amazing to bring people in that have their own things going on but then it ties into your business but then somehow in the future you could start something else that might then tie into their other bit it's just constantly growing and ever evolving
0: you mentioned something earlier in this episode and if we don't talk about it I'll kick myself later. You mentioned a god complex. They these people that you've brought on, you know, they they had the potential to be easily to work with. You got a great board. But then what would you see in a, a particular candidate that would make you say something about this particular candidate, they may have this god complex or they may have things they they, they have the specialty, but they have something else with them that uh, doesn't necessarily mesh with what we're trying to build. How do you spot that out? How do you know how to avoid uh, bringing that into your organization?
1: I think one, your persona is everything. Somebody's energy is everything. My grandmother, one of the most wise people that I know, I've only seen her dislike two people my entire 35 years. (laughs) being on this earth they're almost being 35 years on this earth right right he's always taught me people's energy is everything and if you can't get it at first baby she was like people can only leave up a facade for about 90 days give them three months and they'll show you who they really are but she said if it's something that god does not want you to align with you're going to instantly know it's going to be like a magnet rejecting and that's how i feel it as soon as i feel that It's like, uh, so then I was like, okay, well, let me try to play devil's advocate. Then I'll ask you questions. When I start realizing it's about the money count and what you can do versus the helping of the person, I don't care about you made a billion dollars this year. How much of that billion dollars did you tie back into the community? What time did you really put in? Was that billion dollars based off of you just get pharmaceuticals and making money for yourself? while you're killing our people off? Or are you really taking time and making money by helping people and healing people? You don't want the, a good doctor or a good person that's in health doesn't want a consistent patient. I want my patient to come in and heal. And then if I see you again, that's because something majors happened. I don't want to see you consistently all the time because that means I'm not doing my job correctly. Right. So if you're about having to have that consistent, it's not about that. It's about mm-hmm. how quickly... Can I educate you? How quickly can I help you see this different alternative lifestyle that's going to really help you grow and heal? It's not about how much money can I get out of you and how long are you going to be a patient of mine? So I like to weave that out. And then um, just also just seeing what your cause is. Why do you want to do this? Why, why uterine health? Why women? Why black community? Why? And that answer is always big for me. If you have to hesitate and go, um, and you can't think off the top of your head, because if you ask me why I'm going to give you, Oh, you probably tell me to shut up because I'm going to (laughs) just keep going and going and going. So I just read all of those different energies and then professionalism because you can do great things in the community, but are you on time? Are you punctual of other people's time? Are you really doing things that are professional? Do you hold a good demeanor? Are you arrogant? all of those things mean something when you're being a part of something that's great
0: got you okay now you mentioned uh funding and um you know grant so you know we have we have to go down that path just a little bit what is that process when you're you started this nonprofit and now you're you're seeking funding what it, not only the process but what type of frequency do I need to be on in order to attract the necessary funds for my organization?
1: Okay. One, you need to be legal. You have to be legal guys. You have to make sure you're registering with the secretary of state. You got to make sure you have a legitimate EIN. You have to make sure that if you register in some type of government system that you're getting a cage number, you have to be legitimate. First and foremost, for anybody to give you funding secondly what type of funding are you looking for are you doing corporate funding do you want somebody just to give you a mass amount of money to help with a program to help you with um payroll programs venues are you looking for gift funding do you just want to get gift cards or free products for something you have to determine where your funding is coming in at Um, And then if you want to focus on not go corporate, but you want to go social media, more fundraising route, then you need to become verified. You need to have either that blue little check. If you don't have that blue little check, you need to have a very strong presence in your community. You need to have real engagement. People think engagement may be, okay, I make a post and I need 300 likes, Engagement can be just consistently being present in the community itself, because some people have to realize social media is great for networking, but what's really happening real live time? Who is on the streets? Who's really getting out there and making things happen? You need to be involved with your local community, your city, legislator, other organizations partnering with people not partnering because I can get something from you and you can get something from me just because we just want to be great you have to build really 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 good relationships and then once you get a part of certain associations once you start networking with the right people and then of course you have legitimate documentation funding will start coming but you have to differentiate what type of funding you want to go with do you have an executive director on your board that can manage your funding or, or a treasurer or a business analyst that knows the proper approach to funding?
0: See, when I'm talking to you and I'm understanding operations, I think we have to ask this question even on the for-profit side too. Why is operations, um, or how important is operations to the grand scheme? of an organization in your opinion
1: it is extremely important it's your it's your bread and butter it's your vegan bread and butter
0: your whole bread, <laughs> bread. now what is vegan bread and butter made out of what is what is in that butter
1: normally cashews or almonds or walnuts
0: okay. Okay. and then
1: hip, hip milk or something that is um that's providing a good source of fiber and protein for you
0: okay fair enough <laughs>
1: But, um, you have to have operations. It's your logistics. It's your supply management. It's your money, <laughs> your accounting, your structure, your organization. It's your end goal. You can, I always tell people, I have a plethora of people that will come to me with amazing ideas and they like to bounce ideas off of me because I'm that person that's going to give you something to run with it. I don't want no parts of it. God gave brought you to me. I was the messenger. Go run with it but you'll give me these great ideas and then you don't execute it. You have to first put it to paper and then you have to learn the structure, guys. You just can't just make something up and just expect it to happen. It comes with hard work and dedication. You know how many times you're gonna be told no? You know how many times you're gonna be rejected? It's gonna be a lot. It's not going to happen overnight. So with operations, it takes time, Um, but it's really just the organization from the brainstorming, to the analyzing, the design, the development, the implementation. And then you have to evaluate all that. Did it work out? Am I in the black or why am I still in the red? And then go back to the drawing board to your B, C, and D that should be put into your business plan. Always have a B, C, and D, everybody. Never go off of just one plan. You always want to back up. And if that first C works or that plan A works, B, C, and D are just other entities to produce more income.
0: Yeah, you, you, um, you position yourself uh, so that at any time something else happens, you can quickly navigate to that other pathway without anybody re- realizing that you actually went a different way because it, it becomes a seamless transition.
1: Absolutely. Stay ready so I don't have to get ready. You stay ready all times. So my grandfather taught me that at a very, very early age. And I think he's probably the reason why I have a love for operations. My grandfather my dad as well. My grandfather started off um, no, deg- no degree, <laughs> no diploma. Started off as a janitor. Um, ended up becoming the first black manager for Gulf States, which is now considered Reliant Energy. Okay. And he was very big on, you have to be structured. He said, the one thing our people mess up on, they have great ideas and then they just jump in it. And when they don't get what they want, they give up and they blame everybody else. He says, you have to have structure. If your operations is not correct, then you're not going to succeed. If you're not going in with hard work, ambition, and passion, you're not going to succeed. You have to have backup plans because everything is not going to go your way and especially the first time around.
0: So when you've come across a situation where plan A did not work out, um, what is the immediate thing that you're thinking? Uh, Do you automatically jump to plan B or are you looking at what caused A to mess up? Maybe I got to look at C or D. How, How are you kind of maneuvering through plan A is a disaster. It's not working. We got to go somewhere else. Where do, you, where do you go next?
1: Me, I'm the person that's overly analytical. So I like to forecast. So if I see something coming, I'm like three to six months in advance knowing that something is not going correct. And if that's the case, human in me is going to get a little upset. You know, you're emotional. You're like, ah, oh, I wanted this to work. And then regroup, meditate, get back in order, get back focused. You got knocked off your pedestal, readjust that crown, and then you go back and you evaluate what went wrong. Did this go wrong? Is it just going to take a small adjustment for us to get back in line, or do I need to completely scratch this plan and, like you said, go to B? But then I might go to B and say, uh, that's not going to work, too. Let me go ahead and just jump to C Mm -hmm. and roll C into A, and then we'll (laughs) come back to B as a backup for something else. But I always like to map out my options. Even if I have to go back to the drawing board, that one idea is always going to get broken down into three different options Got just you. because I like to be prepared on any worst case scenario.
0: What about, you talked about uh, your tea that has been released, right? You mentioned a tea.
1: It's going to be released on Friday, sneak peek. June. Okay. 5th. Yep. With, and uh, what, when I go
0: purchase it, what, what's it called?
1: The womb tea, W-O-M-B, like womb for woman, our womb haven. um, Our garden is called the womb haven. And so what we feel is if we can help heal the womb of a woman, that's all power right there. It's, Mm -hmm. It's giving her what she needs to procreate and to be healthy and to be a strong, powerful woman. So with this womb tea, we have all the very important herbs that's going to help heal the body and give it what it needs to decrease inflammation, control blood flow, maintain hormones. It's going to be very, very good for women.
0: Okay. So when you're deciding on bringing this product to the world for, mm-hmm. for women to consume and take in, how did you know that you wanted to go in that direction? Why not go in a different direction? Why not focus on a different part of the body? What was the decision-making process of, we're bringing this to market?
1: Because with the statistics of women, one out of three women have uterine health issues. Three out of three Black women have uterine health issues. And we saw how big of an issue it was. Then when we started trying to break down, well, what is the main focus? What is the issue? When we thought, okay, well, maybe it's just menstrual cycles. Well, maybe it's just fibroids. Maybe it's just infertility. Maybe it's sex trauma. When we started realizing that all of them were almost equal across the board, we realized how bad of an issue this is that we're not being educated correctly. It gave us the perfect thing. Why not produce a tea that helps with all of the different diagnoses with uterine health with women? If your uterine, area is good for a woman i mean for a woman and her mental and her heart that's your all three See, men you guys focus on heart mind prostate you know we have to focus on uterine it's very important we're able to procreate that is very important for our bodies and just what we have to deal with with our hormones and what it can affect with our brains and how we function that is very important to keep in line to maintain optimal health and life longevity.
0: Makes perfect sense. So you choose to go in this direction because it's solving a root problem that if we solve this problem, it's going to impact generations and generations and generations down the line. So it's not just a a quick product to get a quick flip to make some money but it's, you know, a long-term game that you're looking at or a long-term goal that you're looking at.
1: Absolutely. And all organic, a couple of the items are kosher and people might wonder why kosher. I mean, we were respectful of all beliefs um, and some things are just purified and clean. And we just want you to have the most clean option and opportunity. That's really not that hard. It's not Difficult to consume. Um, some people are just unaware of what these things are and how to get to them. So we just want to make it e- easy and accessible to give to anybody that would like to have it. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in order to be thinking like this, to me, it takes tremendous vision. How far down does your mind look, at least for this organization? I know know it's probably looking, your mind's probably looking at like the last day on earth and and, and playing everything (laughs) back. But for this organization, how far down are you looking and being ahead of where you currently are?
1: right now three to five years okay three to five years for just this organization
0: okay
1: (laughs) other endeavors
0: okay so why why the cut off at five do you feel like there's too much that can be shifted where you it's just too much to know so you want to keep it at smaller chunks or what is your thoughts towards the three or five choice
1: correct um with the nonprofit industry is ever-changing Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just the way that we have our elections set up. So with our board, it's annual elections, but with our officers, we're going every two years. So the first two years, we already know that we, we've already agreed that we're going to go for a second term, but in that second term, I'm going to be between three and four. So that's the mind frame that I'm at right now, because I know at, to this date, that's how far I'm thinking ahead. I don't want to go too too far ahead because we don't know what's going to happen in that time frame
0: and you want to be able to be uh be agile to be able to quickly adapt to uh the surroundings and the landscape and the culture and how people are are changing and 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 ever ever moving is Absolutely. that correct?
1: Correct. And then just setting smart goals, you know, being realistic, measurable, you know, attainable. The things that you want to reach within time, you want to be realistic. Yes, it's okay to dream big, but you have to be realistic as well. You could dream big, but you have to set yourself up accordingly. Anybody. I know nowadays people talk about empowered empires my spouse recently mentioned dynasty dynasties mm-hmm. are bigger than empires because it's families involved it's you want your generations on generations so when you want to think in that type of caliber you have to align accordingly and be realistic i like that. it's possible you just got to be realistic
0: i like that and so the products that you're putting out and we were talking about before it is medicine Correct. About the food, Now the food is medicine. So how does it feel to be healing a nation?
1: Amazing. You know, being a chef and watching my cancer patients, diverticulitis, all I've done, dealt with all different types of illnesses. And that was different because I was still eating meat. When I started working for the holistic doctor, being plant-based, when you see somebody heal and grow, it's amazing. Myself, I use myself as a case study or my spouse all the time, but then my mom, that's like my biggest joy. She, lupus, heart disease, all these issues. Um, She recently hit her goal of losing 60 pounds. She was close to 12 medications. She's down to two and she's like a real believer. So seeing her and seeing the age that she was and knowing all the damage she had done to her body in all those 65 years, it mm. was like, okay, B, you're, you're on the right path. So right. having the nonprofit, um, I'm actually a new business <laughs> coming up is a CMOS business. CMOS mm. is a very, I CMOS. very, I
0: like CMOS. very yeah. great
1: resource. Um, we're going to give you alternative spins to CMOS. Okay, so
0: okay.
1: look out for that. And okay. so I just feel like anything that I'm doing, it's either educating The community are healing this, the nonprofit healing. my new CMOS business, which is LaVay CMOS healing. But when it comes to education, I'm uplifting. I'm all about, you want to go to college? I'm going to help you get a college. You don't want to go to college. You want to do a trade? Let me show you how to do that trade and do it correctly. You don't want to do that. You want to start a business? Let me show you how to do that. Let's show how to build generational wealth. Let's show how to get that credit score on point. Let's show how to keep them bodies healthy and well so we can succeed and build our kingdom. I'm all about anything that has to do with that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I I know I've asked a a lot of questions. Um, So I'll I'll try to scale back, but I have to know. So when I touch down in Houston and I go to the beach, what ocean am I looking at? Am I looking, is that the Gulf, Gulf of Mexico what, what, I, what body of water, of water is it?
1: That is the Gulf of Mexico. When you're in Galveston or anything along, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, all of that down here and aligning Texas is considered the Gulf of Mexico.
0: Now, how is that? Cause I've been on the Pacific. I've been mm-hmm. on Atlantic. What is the Gulf of Mexico like being able to lay down on a beach and look out, look out on?
1: To be honest, It's what I grew up watching, Mm because I'm from Texas. Okay. But it's not the prettiest. Um, Oil, plastic, waste. The water's very dark, it's very brown. Mm. Um, People are like, you don't eat crawfish no more. And I'm like, why would I want to eat crawfish that's coming out Mm -hmm. of that? Do you think about it? If you're consuming food that's coming out of that, 10 to 20 years later when you have cancer, when you have have all these things, these are where it's coming from. So. I don't like the Gulf of Mexico for that. Now, for me, I yeah. go frequently because from my house I in Houston, um, it takes about an hour to get to Galveston. I can get up in the morning, go there, beat the sun and do my yoga, do my meditation, and just do more of the essence, the hearing the water, being in the moment. But when the sun comes up and you see that brown water, I pack up and it's time to go back home. <laughs> but, right. you know, I, if I want to see nice water, I'll go to Florida, Destin, Florida. I got married there. I love the water there. Or like you said, I have to go to Cali Caribbean. I'm in Jamaica in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I'll go somewhere where I want to be able to see my feet in the water (laughs) and be able to relax on white, pretty sand or diamond encrusted looking black sand and call it a day.
0: Okay. So thank you for that. Because I, I, I I never sat from that vantage point before. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, enlightening uh, to hear that perspective. Now, we do find ourselves in the middle of what people are calling a pandemic. Uh, and people are saying that there's an uprising for Black culture. And so I feel like it would be a disservice if two beautiful Black minds are on here and we don't at least you know jump into it a little bit. Yes. As you're watching from your vantage point, Um, everything that's taking place with riots, with, uh, I don't know, everything that's currently happening with Black culture on a political level, economic level, on a social level, what things jump out at you as uh, problems or solutions?
1: It's just so much going on. (laughs) I know. I'm like, guys, first of all, we've been going through this for 400 years. The only right. difference now is it's recorded and we can play it over and over and over right. again. Right. We've gone through this. This is why it is important that we have to heal and educate and grow. We need to build our own kingdoms. <laughs> I know we're here in the United States. I'm always the person talking about, I will always have business in the United States. I will always have properties in the United States, but I would love for us to have our own land and build and grow. It's just so much going on. It's a lot of riots. We had a huge one in Houston yesterday for uh, George Floyd. Um, They said over 600,000 people were there. It Mm. was amazing, but with everything going on i just really want everybody to take this time and utilize this time correctly to tap into what you're passionate about and determine why were you put here and how are you going to help build and restore and regroup from what we're going on it is so heartbreaking i'm so tired of seeing these crooked cops i'm so tired of seeing us dying i'm so tired of we're mad we're going out to protest about that and in turn it's turning into more violence that could escalate into something different that wasn't the original message things are getting misconstrued it's just I just really hate to see what all is being put on media right now I just really want everybody to try to focus on The bigger picture. How are we going to build and how are we going to grow and how are we going to restore? What are we really getting out of the riots? What are we really getting out of not voting? What are we really getting out of not doing something to really help the community? Um, Because I'm noticing there's some people that are just sitting down and not doing anything about it. And then they want to get mad and want to participate in the riots, but you're not doing it when the riots are not going on. What are you doing when the riots are not going on?
0: Right. Right. What are you
1: doing when the uproar is not going on? So I want us to focus more on that. I'm all about what's going on, but what are you doing when the riots are not going on? What are we gonna do to build and grow?
0: So, Brittany, you were saying build our own kingdoms. I I interpret it as build your own empires, or uh, yeah, empires, because I, you know I was studying about um, ancient history. And I came across this text and it was like, what's the difference between um, a king and an emperor? And I, uh, and I went through my mind, I was trying to figure it out. And they were like, a king owns one territory or oversees one territory. An mm-hmm. emperor oversees many, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think we, you're even talking about dynasties, right? So what does kingdom, empire, anything of royalty, anything of high excellence, what does that look like to you? We're we're telling them to build their own empires. What does that look like and how do they do that, in your opinion?
1: I love this subject and these questions. Okay, um, for me, an empire is establishing something for us, by us, that's going to be carried on by us um the way that I'm looking at it now I'm dropping all these little seeds now because I want my kids to be able to take the fruits of my labor and then expand it to something even greater than I had and then allow their kids to do the same and so on and so forth and while we're doing that the people in the community are doing the same thing it will be great just to walk out and know that I can buy anything black. My bank is black. All And I mean, we have those options now, but we're not using those resources and we're not being strategic about our moves. I think some of the things that hinder the black culture, the stereotypes, the ignorance, I wish that we can try to rid that and help uplift and empower people more. There's a lot of us that are empowered. There's a lot of us that are... are lifted and working towards these things but it's it will be amazing if we can get all of us on the same page all of us to grow all
0: all is a lot
1: all is a lot but whatever i can get to now and whatever i can get my hands on now that's what i'm gonna
0: do i think i think a select group of people i think there's going to be many empires being built during these next five to ten years and because we're very tribal people in my opinion we're very tribal you know you know you know with black equity network what we're trying to do is create a a kind of a neutral location where all the different tribes can come together and have a meeting place uh but eventually everybody kind of goes back to their tribe and so everybody has their you know five or ten people their 20 people um i my biggest thing is if we all create empires that's great but we still have to have a council. If if nothing else, as everybody's building their empires, there has to be something in the middle, right? That says, okay, these are these are the standards. I'm not necessarily saying laws, uh-huh,
1: uh-huh.
0: But these are the standards in which we, as a new nation, because if we're if we're gonna complain about this nation, yeah, okay. What's the new nation and what makes us any better than what we just conquered? Absolutely. It's, it's conquered, it's, it's dead. I don't know how long it may take physically uh, for people to see it, but it's spiritually, we already see that this type of system is a dead system. Yes. So with this new nation we're building, what are the standards? What, what are the uh, expectations for our community? So what are some of the things that jump out in your mind when we talk about standards and what we would want from the future?
1: Absolutely. I think respect has to be somewhere in the mix.
0: Gotcha. I agree.
1: Respect is definitely the willingness to help. Um, For me, love is always to love on one another if we can't love on one another if we're always being spiteful and jealous and putting ourselves in competitions that we didn't even know we were signing up for how are we going to succeed it's not a competition it's enough room for everybody to succeed but we all have to be in that agreement in this nation that love respect don't be envious of one another let's build and and what you provide to this nation has to be sustainable for all of us if that makes sense whether that's something that it's something that your empire is providing to keep us growing and building and flourishing and it doesn't have to necessarily be that you provide all the food or you're the only person providing us oil for our you know our cars or you're the only one producing diamonds and crystals and jewelry if we wanted to give our love you just have to be adding to the community or nation in some form or fashion. I don't care if you're if you're donating to the council, if you're donating your time reading books to kids, if you're teaching about ancient african history. I don't care what it is that you choose to do, but you need to contribute in some type of form or fashion
0: to okay. continue I follow that i'm 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 go we're going down the same path here. So, if we start this council, or when we the council started, okay, if the council's <laughs> there, and we're building this new world out, okay, cool, but what if they decide not to do contribute to the nation? what if they there's always going to be rebels because we were rebels of this nation correct so what when the new rebels come and say, well i don't want to have respect, i don't want to have love, forget your." you know, contributing to the bigger society. What do we do then? Because we just came out of that side. What do we do when we meet ourselves?
1: First action to me would be round table. Why? Why don't you want to do this? Give me your valid reasons on why you don't want to respect, why you don't want to love. Why don't you want to contribute? And based off of their answers, we would make a legitimate decision. Then why are you here? If we're all serving this one purpose and you see that it's positive, you see that we're uplifting, you don't see the negativity and the drowning of each other and the crab and the barrel bucket mentality of people, why would you want to be surrounded by everybody that's doing complete opposite of you? And that would be my approach.
0: So I like where where you're headed here. So the things that we implement from the council must get us to a place to when we ask somebody why they wouldn't do it, they have no really great answer because it's it's, in, it's within your core. Whenever we start putting things out there that someone could easily have a why to, which is what we have right now of, you know why are you bucking the system? Well, because of this and because of this, like the, we have all the answers and the government currently has none. And so to build a new nation, we would have to get to a place that the core principles and the core things that are in place that we all agree to, uh, when someone decides not to do them, and we ask why, they they would never have an answer because these are core principles to your soul. Yes,
1: I'm here for it.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> cool. Cool. So we, we put that out there, and uh, but I'm really interested in, in in you know continuing that dialogue. Because um, for for me, it can't just be all the different empires, and then nothing comes together from it. Right. Because you're building your empire, I'm building my empire, and everybody's building something. But then, when do we come together to meet? And I think a lot of times it was I'm too busy. Uh huh. And I uh-huh. think what we've seen the last three months is you make time for what you care about.
1: Absolutely. Uh- Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Okay. I, I know that's a whole nother, we're about to go to a whole nother podcast episode Part so, two,
1: four, five, six, seven. <laughs> I'm down
0: for it. So for people that are listening and they're learning about your nonprofit, they're learning Absolutely. about everything that you have going on. Uh, how can they reach out to you? How can they work with you? What types of people are you looking to have in your corner? What, tell me, how can we be a part of your world, part of your empire?
1: Absolutely. So with the nonprofit Femme and floor, so anybody that wants to be a part of the latest news and what we're keeping up with, you can um, go to our website at floor. That's dot org, And you can subscribe to our website and we send out newsletters. We're always keeping you up to date on the latest news and trends. And that would be focusing on the uterine health, For women. Um, So we have our garden, we do the period drives that we mentioned before taking in organic pads, tampons, wipes and hygiene products for women. Um, And then we have membership packages, tea, so just follow us to keep up with that. Um, LaVey moss coming soon it's in the works um, definitely in the process of getting everything worked with that but it's going to be CMOS products that we are going to be able to deliver to the community one out of the 102 minerals that the body makes CMOS makes over 90% of those vitamins and minerals helps with thyroid growth skin hair growth infertility um, visceral fat on your stomach. So a lot of people that are wanting to lose weight and it's hard to get rid of their belly fat. So we will be able to educate you on that. You can keep up with us at LeVe, L-E-V-E, Moss S-E-A-M-O-S-S at gmail.com and our website and um, social media is coming soon. I also self-publication with Natasha Johnson. So we focus on, I am the managing agent for Natasha. Natasha johnson she focuses on um, the black community uplifting the black community through photography and her multimedia graphics is amazing her design is amazing but we're talking about colorism and racism how to combat mental health and all of these things that we have been told as a nation that we're too ugly we're too dark we're nasty we're monkey we're all these negative things we're beautiful we're gods and goddesses we're made to be here, so we uplift that. So you can keep up with us at the self-publication um, on Instagram, that's all together, the self-publication or the self-publication at gmail.com. And that's the way you can keep up with me. Again, Brittany Walker Craig, anything that you need to know about nutrition, um, plant-based, black nations uplifting our community, crystals, whatever you think about, um, I would be more than happy to assist on anything.
0: Brittany, thank you so much for coming on Black Equity Day. Uh, We are truly blessed by the wisdom that you gave us today on how to operate a nonprofit, how to see the world differently, and how to build these empires and then come together uh, to build a nation. So thank you so much. And we'll be talking to you again soon. The doors are open for you to come back anytime.
1: Absolutely. I would love to come back anytime. Send me coming soon, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you then. We are truly grateful for today's guest. If you are interested in becoming an approved Black Equity strategic partner with this company or one in the past, simply send us an interest inquiry to the following email, djm at djmotri.com. Once again, djm at djmotri.com. Let us know your name, your company, your services, and which guest you are interested in partnering with. As an approved partner, you will have exclusive access to our network and have first opportunity at future partnerships as well. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast.